0: Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. The HubSpot Podcast Network has other great podcasts like Marketing Made Simple, hosted by Dr. J.J. Peterson. Marketing Made Simple brings you practical tips to make your marketing easy and more importantly, make it work. Now, if any of these topics sound interesting to you, you're going to love his show, how to write and deliver captivating speeches, how to market yourself into a new job, how design can help and potentially hurt your revenue, and how to create a social media ad strategy that works. If these topics hit home and they're things that you want to learn about, go listen to Marketing Made Simple wherever you get your podcasts. Today, you're going to hear an episode of my new podcast, Liquidity and Liquor. I co-host Liquidity and Liquor with Yosef Martin, a serial entrepreneur who sold his last company, BoxyCharm, for over $500 million. On Liquidity & Liquor, we have conversations about business, money, and life with some of the most interesting people in the world. You can download and subscribe to Liquidity & Liquor on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right. Let but me... You want to do like a... Each one of a, But yeah. I don't
0: want to do an intro every time.
1: One time, it's our first podcast. Okay. So... It's a necessary evil. We have to go and introduce ourselves. You guys don't know who I am. Come on. The hell is that? Anyway, um, so Scott, first of all, is my neighbor. I'm going to go and tell you a little bit about him from a friend's perspective, and then I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. But um, I had a podcast. I've been on a podcast uh, called Founders Made, and you've seen that episode, I think. That's how we got connected, that's yeah. How we got connected. So I saw
0: you on Instagram. I saw you on this podcast. I host a podcast, and I was like, "Yeah, he'd be good to come on as an interview." I,
1: I, I saw your, your DM on IG. I think that's how it came. I so, and yeah. then I, I said, yeah, sure, I'll go on your podcast. I looked. so said, oh, pretty nice uh, podcast. I said, sure. And then uh, you told me we can do it on the Zoom. And I said, okay, where are you at? I hate doing Zoom podcasts. Just I hate that. I like that chem- the chemistry and interactions. He said, I'm in Florida, in Miami. Uh, I'm in South Florida. And I and said, Oh, me too. Where? Like, I, well, I'm in Fort Lauderdale. He said, Me too. Where? I was like, Las Olas. Me too. Where? Oh, we're saying we're really going away. So <laughs> I said, OK, come over for coffee. And then that's how we hit it off. And, um, and uh, basically, uh, Scott has an interesting story. I did an exit. And now he's mm-hmm. running another business plus a couple other things. Everyone's doing a couple things. Uh, Why don't you tell them what you do, where you were born, your favorite color, tell them everything. Uh, Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, But you have um, two minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, um, I've worked in,
0: funny enough, I've worked in tech for most of my career, a variety of like sales and marketing roles. Um, I was head of sales and marketing at Intelco actually for a while before that company was acquired. That was sort of my first quote unquote exit. Then I moved to CRO at a software. How long were you there? Two years. Okay. Very short period of time. I mean... All things considered, it was it was uh, it was a family run business. Then I do a private equity firm, mm. and then the second company I was at, it was a software company. Uh, we did broadcast SaaS, so like br- software as a service. I was CRO there, built that company up. We, we were acquired by a big company out of uh, California.
1: What was the sense of the exit? It's it's not. Come on,
0: like, no, it's come on. Good exit. It was a good okay. exit, okay. It a good yeah. exit good but idea. it's not a public exit. But it was okay. a good exit. Um, so we were sold to Grass Valley. Okay. Uh, it's a company that's California, it's a broadcast company. You can tell me after. Yeah, okay. I'll tell you after. And then, um, now I'm CEO of, uh, a health and wellness, uh, startup. And we focus on, su- like, basically vitamin supplements, put them in a patch, and it's a transdermal patch company. So... Interesting. So total it's telco to SaaS to health and wellness.
1: So you're an entre- entrepreneur, right? You, 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 and I've had that in my companies, right? So yeah. you, you go to companies that have an exit path. There's a yes. strategy for exit. You go in, you get things fix, done, optimize, improve, optimise, scale. improve yeah. boom, kind of like that, that, um, that person that comes in and, and take the vision from the founder and say, let me build around that and make it happen. Uh, and, ev- and then move on to the next business. And, um, I had the same thing. So my past, and I'll I'll make a short intro. So I owned a company called BoxyCharm, and um, we sold the company in 2020. It was a big exit. And before that, we sold it for 500 million. I didn't have the whole money. I had partners before that, but um, then divorce. Then. I There was like a, quite a lot of money, a lot of hands <laughs> in your pocket, but uh, but with the divorce, I feel like it's more with me because she deserved every piece of it. I mean everything because she helped me build it, and she was my right hand person and yeah. for life. I'm gonna love her, um, but overall, that was that was our exit, and it was uh, seven and a half years that we ran that I ran the company, and I think around 2017 I ran into an issue. I, I launched a company mid 2013, soft launch, and then 2014. I kind of like found the proper way, the right product market fit. And that's when I went all in. So um, what happened was we, I ran the company, but around 2016, I felt like I'm uh, like a chicken with his head cut off and the company was very flat. It was me, another guy, and that's it. Just a bunch of employees that were getting This is pre-BoxyCharm. That was BoxyCharm. Oh,
0: 2016 was BoxyCharm. Yeah. That okay. was,
1: yeah. I, so before BoxyCharm, I had another company called Merchandise Liquidators, and I ran this company for about 15 years. It was at one time running at the same time with BoxyChomp. In uh, 2016, I sold that company. I exited that company too. But that was the company that h- helped me learn marketing, helped me learn how to run a business, how to build a sales team, how to build everything. All the mistakes I made over there, all the success build over there, it, it got to about 10 million in sales and by the time we sold it. But uh, around that. Um, but BoxyChomp was a different animal. I mean, it was growing very fast and it was grossing at the time when we sold it close to 500 million, but it was profitable throughout the entire time. The thing was, talking about entrepreneurs like you, um, I had around 2016, 17, this this problem that I couldn't take any more projects on the company, which slowed us down because I couldn't find a way to actually build my org chart. I needed to tier the organization. I needed another layer of managers, but I didn't know how to find the right people. I didn't have time to... I didn't have time to do all the interviews. I didn't have time to figure out if you're good or not and manage. It was so hard because I was, like I said, chicken with his head cut off. But eventually I learned that in order for you to scale the organization right without falling apart, you have to hire from the top. So I had to hire a solid COO that had an experience, what I do but no one does what I do it's just us and Ipsy that's it, it was Baxi and Ipsy competing and you know, fine. find, so I said alright, I don't have another subscription but I'll find an e-com company so I hired uh, Eric Kao uh, from Chewy and he before Chewy went to Amazon, before Amazon he was in Target so he had this path and he was going to Chewy and they just exit and and um, after their exit I figured it's time to approach so I, I had a recruiter that brought him on and and he, at that time, we sold about fifty million in sales. But what surprised them was that we're profitable. Chui was going all the way through without making, without losing money. So he came on board, and he was a rock star. And we should have him on the show. He's a very smart individual. And then he brought with him his uh, friends and you know just really good people. Him, Charles, just really smart people that came in and know how to solve a problem. And you know that you have them until they exit. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, if they're in good conditions, good. And that's exactly what I wanted, and um, and it's exactly the same thing. So they they basically move from one company, fix up, build tackle let's take it out. So market. I was the Eric. Yes, you were the Eric. I was exactly. the Eric. Yeah. Exactly, very much, very much the same. Until thing. now,
0: actually. Yeah. Until now.
1: Yeah. Until now. Now, yeah. now you have something else. Yeah. Now you're running. And tell us about the company you're running right now.
0: Yeah. So the company is a transdermal patch company. So what that means is any supplement that you take in a pill, powder, gummy, you t- you put in a patch and that's a 90% delivery of that active ingredient versus 30% that you would take something orally. So it's a different delivery mechanism for any almost any supplement you can take. Now, that's the current thing that I'm trying to build from scratch. So, you know, traditional direct-to-consumer play, going to retail for distribution, um, innovative technology plus traditional CPG product. That's basically what it is.
1: My my thing, and I think I told you in the beginning, I think that in order for people to like, trust it, because it's... Uh, Everybody know that. You swallow it, it goes to your body, right? They don't get it that the juices yeah. are killing most of it, right? And your skin is organ and you stick it on. I think, and I don't know if you guys are going that route, make a Viagra type one. <laughs> like they sell in gas station and Yeah, I give mean, it to I, men. So it's, And if they see it getting hard, they know it works and they'll buy the vitamins, they'll buy everything
0: else. I mean, when you build a company like this, there's a couple different ways to create enough trust with the audience. So you can create trust before they even try the product. I mean, there's a lot of probiotic companies Mm -hmm. that create trust and you'll never know ever if that probiotic is actually, well, maybe you would, but I mean, the first time you take a pill, you're not going to know. By the way,
1: that's where Eric is working now with probiotic. Really? Yes. (laughs) So that's that's (laughs) funny. But
0: think about if you're going to take a pill that you've never tried before, how do you trust it to purchase that first time? And then the effect that that product has will turn you into a lifetime, lifetime evangelist for that company, increases the LTV of that customer. So I think, yes, there's – well, first of all, all, the products we have actually do do have a, a physical effect on the person. So mm. you'll feel it. If you take an energy patch, you'll feel it. If you take a hangover relief patch, you'll feel it. If you take a patch that helps you sleep, you feel You know. You've tried two. Yeah. You're knocked out. Yeah, No. <laughs> so. So, <laughs> so, so what? So, yes. Yeah. I mean – It's true. Now, Viagra – and any sort of
1: But over that, both of you are going to have proofs, you and your girlfriend you have t- or your boyfriend. <laughs> two proofs. I'm not, I don't know what. But, but yeah. the
0: point is, I mean, when you're taking a, a product like this to market where it's innovative technology, plus there's actual ingredients in the mix, Viagra adds a drug complexity. Which yeah, but requires, how do they sell it in gas stations? I mean, they're probably FDA approved because they follow uh, In the gas stations? It doesn't matter where you sell it. So why can't you be FDA approved? Because the delivery mechanism is not it, today currently suited for drug delivery. For, for alt- So f- for some drug delivery, yes. For nicotine, it's approved. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's ever been a, anybody who's tried to get it approved for viagra delivery. What, it's did not you try? Yeah, I haven't tried.
1: It. Well, imagine a startup. It's a startup. I mean, it's kind of like... The, you but, know how but, long... But, but f- actually, f- now when I think about there's this, imagine <laughs> you show up with a patch to bed, and you're like, what is, is this? Never mind. Don't ask me questions. Like, <laughs> why is it so hard? Is this <laughs> supposed to be the two-minute intro of us? Well, I mean, we made it interesting now. We're talking about... <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're not playing this before every episode people no, are gonna no, like this fall is asleep the first and last the
1: time <laughs> this is the first and last time yeah and then i but you i didn't even finish what i do yes.
0: so Let's
1: that's tell us, more. <laughs> tell, us more. tell us more i mean viagra is more interesting but it's okay <laughs> uh,
0: no so then i also host a podcast which is how we got this started yes so i host the podcast and then hopefully we're going to make this one we will not hopefully we will make this one twice yes. as successful as the one that i built but i mean that's my other thing so I host. what's your
1: biggest passion though
0: my biggest passion is all, oh, it's going to sound really cliche. I love teaching people. Like okay. If I know something, I will talk your ear off about it. Okay. I, I love teaching people almost to a fault. Like I, you know, I jump any entrepreneur that hits me up and hopefully one day I, I will be so damn busy that I can't take calls. And I'm kind of at that point already, but anybody that hits me up, if they ask me for 30 minutes of my time to shoot the shit, riff off an idea, brainstorm, I usually take it. Because I do love it. Like,
1: do you feel like when you do it outside of the fact that it's very rewarding seeing someone come in excited and it's It is and I totally I totally yeah. feel it and I, I relate. You feel like also it's important for us to actually teach because it reminds us what we can forget.
0: A hundred percent. Right? So even even after doing so I've on my own show, I mean I interview some of those incredible people in the world, yourself included. But um, one of the reasons why I like doing that is because it forces me even before I do that episode to research and to learn something new that I've never had to learn before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then just to keep on the same level as a person. Like you've, you've been an incredible marketer. You've built a company far more successful than anything that I've built personally. So for me, if I'm going to have an educated conversation with you, I want to be able to stay on your level. I want to under, understand the concepts that you're speaking about so that it's not just like a high level fluff interview. I want to go deep on things. Now, you're actually easy. When I talk to somebody who's in, in anything from finance to AI to robotics to something far space, from what you know like already. So. I have to I have to learn enough yeah. to be able to ask you the right questions. So yeah, so it's not only about teaching, it's about the constant pursuit of upskilling yourself, the constant pursuit of knowledge and the ability to make sure that you never you never get outdated. I think that's an incredible it's an incredibly um, it's just, it, it's like an incredible feeling to make sure that you're always staying with it, you're staying constant, you're staying like ahead of the curve. Like, that's what kind of
1: skill set you feel you acquired since you started the ability to learn, which helps my ability to teach. So, no, that's probably something you've perfected because you always had the ability. To oh, learn. that's true, that's true, that's yes. a good point. Acquired, imagine. If I go right now into a place and we're talking together and you're telling me right now, you know, let me teach you a little bit about vitamins. Okay, it's not a skill, but it's knowledge that I got. And I just learned about vitamins and I understand how it works. Mm -hmm. And I come out smarter from that, right? And I might be more informed next time I want to use vitamins and but but an actual skill set, to actually learn a new skill set, it's where you actually build something with us, right? With this, right? If you if you build a business because there, there is a moment where I have to say to myself, how much do I want to invest in just learning things that are not relevant to something that's important? So if I, when I say, well, I'm going to go right now into, say, uh, BoxyCharm as an example, okay? And I was selling makeup completely far from what I'm supposed to know. Okay. We, I had to know what's, real, what's working, what's not. Then I had to learn about how to, to manufacture the makeup. I had to learn about plastic composition, to fly all over the world and figure out that with my budget I can not afford that product. But you want me to get that granular with the answer? So then, no, I, so, I then can get, so then yeah. you get you get a skill set that's so specific, proprietary to your business. And it's very easy once you have a business to earn a new skill set, mm-hmm. right? That you come out. Now it might be completely irrelevant for something else in your future, but right now it's so proprietary. So Okay, so did you do you feel like there is a generalist skill set that you picked?
0: I would say, okay, let me think of the skills that I picked up by interviewing 300 people. Mm-hmm. I would say the ability to ask great questions. Okay, that's good. The ability to be a conversationalist, uh, the ability to be comfortable in not knowing something and digging deeper, so not feeling stupid, asking questions like why, how come, I don't understand. It seems silly, but it's something that's hard for a lot of people to do. I would say in terms of tact, like very um, tactical and tangible skills, I mean... Uh, the tech associated with podcasting, how to how to master audio, how to edit video. No, um, that 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 yeah. is a skill set because I did everything That's an myself. Acquirable skill set. How Wait. to take an interview like this and turn it into a digestible newsletter that resonates with an audience. So so content so content capturing, um, and the ability to take that content, edit that content, and then find a way to take that across every single medium anybody would ever have I access to. I would
1: summarize, I tell you what I think you took from this that was actually useful that can be seen from the outside because you know what you do, but I can tell you from the outside, yeah. I can tell you you became a marketer in a, that knows multiple marketing skills. Okay, so editing videos is probably the most critical part in order for you to go viral, mm-hmm. but you build a page that has a, more than a million followers now, gets hundreds of thousands of views. Every video gets over 100,000 views. You learn all the anecdotes of how to make it happen. You know how to actually go and get listeners in your mm-hmm. podcasts. All that transform into cash. You learn how to hunt. You became a hunter for a hobby. 100%. And then if you look at that and you say, this is me right now, I can go today, open a podcast, and I can teach you how to make money through podcast because I have, all, I kissed all the frogs already, I know what's a frog, yeah. and I know what's, well, a princess, I don't yeah. know, it's princess, prince, <laughs> no, no, just princess. <laughs> so, a podcast actually taught you all those parts, right? Now, if you were comfortable, you would have had a person for everything, you would have a team doing everything for you, Right? you'd have a team but no you had to grind you had to learn how to go so it
0: but but i mean learning that is not unlike what i've done with every other job that i've had i mean you 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 go into the job you figure out all the different components that you have to do effectively and then you get yourself to the to the to the best ability that you can be in all those different components and then you hire people that you think can at least match your area of expertise mm. and or exceed yeah. it Everything. Yes. I mean, when I, when I took my first, when I first had to figure out marketing, I mean, that's how do you, how do you set up a tracking pixel on Facebook? How do you write copy? How do you get, how do you get a creative that has a high CTR and eventually conversion? Like, how do you have a landing page that makes the customer actually click your CTA and then convert into an email subscriber and, or a, I mean, I've done ev- I've coded websites myself. I've done everything like there's not there's nothing that I've ever hired somebody to do that I haven't done myself first. So you
1: cannot you cannot build a strategy without two things. One, you've do- you're the exact same exactly the, same. the and, exact and, uh, same And the bottom line is you cannot be a strategist if you don't have a vision kind of like a destination where you want to take it right. But also you have to be tactical. At first, you know what are the pavers to build that road, which is the strategy to get you to that destination. The so issue if the you know all those parts, if you know how to go and do, say, what you're saying, how to create a newsletter, how to edit, you know how to do it already, so you already have the tools to build your strategies.
0: I think the biggest issue that people have is that they are hired to manage before they've ever done it.
1: Yeah, and, and managers... I'd, I do not just believe co- that
0: you could ever do that successfully. I really don't believe no, it. No, you can't. And that's the issue. Like, I don't know things that are outside the realm of my expertise. I know sales. I know marketing. And then I know everything else a little bit. I know finance a little bit. I know HR and, and hiring a little bit. I know all the different components of a business. I've, when you work in a startup, <laughs> you know everything. You have to know it all. But the point is, I know sales and marketing explicitly well. And I know that no CRO, no VP sales, no CMO has ever been good unless they figured out how to do that thing before. And I'm... and it's it's very, uh, it, it's very difficult sometimes because you look at a CMO of a large organization and you're like, listen, that company they're publicly traded. That that CEO that CMOs never made a TikTok before. I ge- I genuinely feel that these people, if they were asked to build something from scratch, could never do it. And I actually believe that a lot of the marketing activity is just propped up by maybe a good product and and probably overspend on marketing dollars and they really don't understand what works and what doesn't.
1: Yeah, we hire people that, um, more well, when we say we, d- we exclude us, where we are technicians, we understand. Um, but when you're just a generalist, when I say just a generalist, because my opinion, that's all they deserve, just a generalist, you've never been a specialist, you wouldn't understand how really what it really takes and why it's so important to understand the little details. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and... I've hired the wrong people for that. I thought that it's important for me to have a CMO. And um, I hired a CMO eventually that was doing amazing on the interview, but I failed on not asking the main three questions that I ask everybody else. And it, it was just to see if she's tactical. Ask three questions, and I, I mentioned that in multiple, I think in your podcast I said that. I asked yes. three questions. Tell me what do you do with $5,000. You have an, a jewelry company. The reason I said jewelry company all the time it's because... Jewelry is very cheap. Je- jewelry can be $5, $2, 60 cents. So it's easy, very easy to, to sell. It's, it's very easy, easy to, sell. to sell, right? Yeah. So with $5,000, there's a very easy strategy of how to start. And I said, you have $5,000, what do you do to market that? Go. And based on what the answer, I would move into the next question, if I think there is a reason for it. And I would say, okay, now you have 100000 what do you do with that? Now you get a million every month, what do you do with that? And what I was looking is actually just to see that she's tactical. She has any tactical knowledge. You okay, didn't, you didn't ask her CMO that, and I did not ask that. I would ask everybody else. I would say, okay, you can do it on. What, what are you going to do? I would send it to influencers. Okay, how are you going to contact them? Uh, I would go hire an agency. And eh, by go, I'm not hiring you to hire someone else. I'm hiring you, so you can do the job. You can build a relationship. Okay, you hire an agency. Okay, someone else would go and tell you. And there's no. I've been I've been getting a lot of people telling me what are the, the answers for that. Oh no, there's no real answer other than. Okay, you tell I me. And if you want, okay, so you want to hire influencers? You, you, you're going to yeah. hire, you're do pay per click. That's what yeah. you know already. Okay, tell me. How do you do it? You're okay. not going to go far with 5,000, but. You're not, absolutely. But tell me <laughs> what's your strategy and how are you going to do it? How do you upload pictures? How are you going to do Specifically, talk to me about that because I know it and I expect you to better know it. Tell yeah. me. If I find out that you have never actually done it yourself, you just hire someone to do it, then I don't know. I want you to have a tactical knowledge. Yeah. And that's how I would move on. And then. Based on the position, it was important to see what is the scale you ever managed. Okay, so just because you're tactical doesn't mean you know how to strategize a million dollars spent a month or a year. Like, I need you to tell me how you're doing it.
0: But every CMO should be able to answer the first tier.
1: I have to. I have to. Do not hire them. If you listen to, the post, to this podcast, they need to be tactical and dive into the questions. Okay, tell me specifically, if you're posting, if you're going to go and promote something on Facebook, paid. Okay, if you're going to pay on Facebook, performance. How are you going to... Let, let's go into details. How, what what's going to be the kind of cock? How are you going to upload this? What type of ads? What is an ad set? Tell me. L- going to words that they need to know. Only they would know only if they actually manage that. So then go dive into that. But that was that was my my thing, and I felt when I didn't ask that question one time because the interview she did really well and <laughs> she wasn't asked that question. But I agree with you. You have to be tactical in order for you to be strategic. And Mm -hmm. then from there you can be a visionary. Amen. Yeah. Amen. (laughs) All right. So we're talking about the major crash today for uh, Shopify. The thing for me with Shopify, so they crashed and at their height there were 161. I just looked it up. Sorry, it's, by the way it's price to, price to earnings ratio. Price to earnings price ratio. Price to earnings ratio. So yes, price WP. per stock versus the earnings. And it is company. 240 you said right now? Yeah, two, yeah So yeah. imagine what was it? Right now it's $31. About a year ago it was 100 and what is it? 60? It crashed from 160 to 30. 254 as of today. That's insane. Yes. And if we look at So they lost 75%. Today alone they lost 15 after their earning, their reported earning. What caused it? Let's talk about what caused Shopify to crash. <laughs> iOS 14 and shrinking economy.
0: It's a perfect storm. So so post, post-COVID, post when we saw e-com sort of hit an all-time high in e-commerce activity, now we're seeing a rebound. We're seeing a recession, but it's maybe hardest-hitting uh, like e-com companies. I don't know if Amazon... So there was a bubble. It was there overpriced. was a bubble. Yeah, it was overpriced. But do you see this happening with Amazon? No, because it diversified. So this is actually interesting because Shopify hasn't really diversified at all. They've well, been like a one-trick pony.
1: In a way, because what Shopify did, they kind of did, uh, but you wouldn't even feel it. The thing with Shopify, they were trying to compete with Amazon on the e-com front, yeah. where they say, well, we're going to also invest in uh, fulfillment centers. And I happen to know that because one of my friends had to have, he had a conversation with Shopify at the time when they wanted to invest in this business. Eventually he sold it during the peak, right? When everybody invested in e-com, anything.
0: Yeah. I think it's because there's a recession, obviously, but then they also laid off ten percent of their staff.
1: Well, yeah, but, but the th- that is that is a perfect storm, right? So they have a recession. Yeah, already they went more than they received valuation way more than what they should because the world, f- everyone thought that everything moves to e-com. Of course, so it was yeah. higher than it should have been to begin with. So there was a correction. Then there was a recession that lowers everybody. But then the biggest problem was the iOS fourteen change. This was the part when I remember on May June I, I told myself, This is the time to short the market. Just when is it gonna happen?
0: When IOS
1: updated and they no longer yeah, when so they had to, more privacy to those who don't know, the so Apple decided to update their privacy policy and or last year many of you have received this message saying, Hey, we're gonna go and change the privacy policy. Do you want and you would go on any app you had, it would say, Are you interested in letting this app monetize your uh your behavior outside of this app, yes or no? Obviously, two percent perhaps said yes. Very
0: few said. Very few. Very, very few said else yes. Said yeah. Everyone yeah. said
1: no. Everyone said no. So then, what happened was, if you were trying to advertise on Facebook and you're trying to sell those caps, you had a bunch of parameters: how you're going to sell it and how you're going to create your your ad. But it would say, "Well, I want to buy. I want to basically pay no more than twenty dollar for customer acquisition cost." And I want to do it for in the next 24 hours. That's my attribution. So 24 uh, hours at, uh, attribution. Mark, um, attribution, And then it would only look for people that are in the market for cups that are ready to buy right now. And the way they would actually manage to know all that, it's based on your searches outside and on Facebook or Instagram, whatever, but also outside. So when you're on f- when you just search something on Amazon, they would still monetize whatever you do on your phone. And they would know, okay, we know who you are. We know you're searching for cops. And we know that you're usually doing this time when you're at work on your phone, this is when you're more likely to buy. So you're hot in the market for cops. And okay. then they would be able to know all that. As soon as they cancel the ability for any app, including Instagram and Facebook, to know who it, to get any data about you outside of the site every time you logged in, they had to reset the learning, and everything else that was there is erased. Only the data that they get on you on the website. So now the entire algo was basically taken away like this, squeezed, put in the <laughs> trash, and then you take some gasoline, there's actually a, burn a, a, it, or throw it to the garbage. There's another
0: issue, though. The other issue is that even if people do convert... Uh, you don't have that. You don't have that visibility. So now you can never. You can never measure. You don't know ROAS, So right? you
1: cannot really do the lookalikes properly. But the point was that seeing it back back then, I, I saw Boxy before it happened to Ipsy, and uh, but I was still sitting with them and I was looking at their performance. And I've noticed that for, for the results were that you were able to let's just say before that Boxy chum, we were our customer acquisition costs. Uh, our CAC was say. 30 bucks. Yeah, yeah. Right? But we're able to spend 100 grand a day for $30 per customer, per day. Then, when everything fall apart, the, the you would say, all right, so now you're going to pay $40 customer acquisition costs, but you can only spend 15,000. The ability for them to find anyone, unless you were searching for something similar on Facebook, they had no clue. And when we saw it, it was an Armageddon. For many companies, I was getting calls from companies right and left. It was it was a discussion that we had with our board members of, over there. It was just it's just obvious that we're gonna have to short the market, and who's gonna who's gonna be affected? Everybody, everyone. And what does Shopify does? She sells. The, the base. If your company, yeah, you is, have to short the market. Everyone else, okay.
0: Yeah. So you have you have inside track because you you know and you see how it's actually affecting your company at scale. Yeah. Now not everybody has the ability to look at the fact that Last month we could spend a hundred thousand dollars per. What was it per day that you were doing per day, yeah. per day? and now we have to go down to fifteen because we can't even measure cap properly. Yeah. So I
1: know it was actually more because we had two companies, but whatever it was. But the point you know, is yeah.
0: okay. So you have an insight, but the and this is a whole other. We can go another direction and say like, as a marketer or as a paid marketer, why don't you have multiple channels? Like, I mean, you can the still. Point, be the profitable. point was that why, is, yes. why
1: Shopify crashed because everyone that is on you Shopify, think, how you, think do you think they're making money? They're growing because they know how to spend money on. on of course. Primarily, right. On Facebook that was the only because if you go to uh, you, YouTube, think YouTube a, you, was you think that's you think that's
0: the main reason you th- I'm not I'm not arguing absolutely. with you. you think that's the main reason why no no no
1: no no it's a perfect storm I said that it is but if yeah. you ask me that was obvious it's gonna happen as soon as that happened you know people try to find other ways to promote blah 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 but add recession into it I had everything else companies are going out of business e-com companies yeah. are going out of business their sales decline how do they make money percentage of sales on their side all that affect them and when that happens when the whole industry goes down the whole ecom industry goes down then eventually that's plus there was a bubble that was it was just overpriced there's panic in the market so the stock goes down but they reported poor warning, and that's why you saw it it was just a matter of time i was surprised we didn't see it sooner but i'm just taking a note from um from the real estate crash it took longer in the real estate crush to people for people to understand it's it's a bubble. And over here it was less on a bubble, but it was really just something that heavily affected specifically the e-com companies and they're the frontier. The, if anyone gets the first bullet, it's gonna be
0: I was looking, okay. So Amazon is down 17 points in the last six months as well.
1: No. They're down fifteen percent today only. No, I
0: know. I'm just saying if we're talking about seventeen percent for
1: for six months. Yeah, yes. I know. Yes. Because listen. Ecom was affected. The economy is shrinking. There's a supply chain issues. People are not spending the same. But 17% over six months, fine. They've been shooting to the sky when everything happened. Everybody t- trusted Amazon. It was a little correction. But they
0: still diversified into AWS. And they diversified into exactly. healthcare. and they diversified. So yeah. how, would Shopify, how would Shopify diversify if you were running Shopify so that when you have an ecom, when ecom bubble bursts, recession happens, you don't lose 15 points in one hard, day last 10%. To judge,
1: hard to judge because No, but you did this
0: for Amazon. Uh you did this for Netflix.
1: I will <laughs> tell you why. Yeah. Netflix is much here the different, okay? In Netflix, it was obvious. It was so obvious with Netflix to say, okay, you're stuck on, on the same thing for so many years. Netflix started I mean, how many decades like they have a decade and a half on on <laughs> in business on uh on Shopify, right? Shopify started and they blew through really fast growth, I, I would say from 15 to now, it's a young company. So the reason I say it's hard to judge them, it's because you grow so fast, you have to catch up with with the actual growth, and it's hard to know where the ceiling is going to be. But you know, if if you ask me, okay, what does Shopify need to do more? Well, perhaps Shopify can create their own platform. There's a lot of people on any website, and if you create your own, I don't know, social media platform, I, I don't see the same angle and the uh, and the synergy like I would say on netflix but they have that ability they have a lot of traffic coming from all sites why can you actually modify it and create some something to connect all of them together (laughs) into one community
0: so i want to play devil's advocate on that point about perfect storm because while it was a perfect storm you also have these paid marketers are not stupid cmos are not stupid Uh, so
1: yeah (laughs) Uh, i know some
0: (laughs) no so some cmos some CMOs may be a lot to be desired, but a lot of CMOs are not stupid. So you look at Facebook, it's not performing. You look at other paid channels. Okay, so now you have Google, and then you had incre- You usually would have good ROAS on Google, and now Google even has like new PMAX campaigns that I think are doing relatively okay. I mean, it's not like a 10-11x ROAS, but it can still be profitable. Now you have TikTok. I know early days of TikTok, paid TikTok, when it first launched and people got first like access – they were getting insane ROAS on TikTok as well.
1: If anything, so. anything you would have done paid on any platform suffered the same consequences. It wasn't just Facebook; it was YouTube. It, w- it was it was all of them. TikTok, because it's the same for them for all of them. There is no more data. The ones that well, there
0: is data on TikTok.
1: No, no, there no. Is no. There is no Google. data as soon as you leave outside of TikTok. It was the same exact concept. When you're on TikTok, you get the data. Yeah talking about the algorithm to find the right consumer for the right product at the right time that's what the al- algorithm tried to do mm-hmm. right they try to find you the, the hot buyers in the market for whatever product you have that they suffer the same exact disease right so in in general it kind of like catches people it's not about what would you do it's about who got caught with their pants down i think, it, the, I think the question
0: that, is what would you do i think people didn't Oh, well, it's sometimes it's a, mean, l- it's a little bit too strategy.
1: late. Sometimes it's a little bit too late when when you pull the 100%. earth underneath your feet, right? And the question is not about what would you do then; what you should have done before, correct? Yeah. Uh, or sometimes your business concept doesn't work in that environment. It would have been working fine if I'm a great marketer. Let's just say I'm a rock star promoting anything on Facebook, right? And I, I can go and push it, and I can do amazing. One day, Facebook. Pull the rug under my feet, and there is no more ability for me to go and scale on Facebook. My then you're not a great marketer. Then you're no, not no, a great no, no, marketer. No, 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 no. But pony. I no, no. My pro- no, no. You are a great marketer with the current yes. right, and everything works for over a decade. Right? What else can go wrong, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then they pull the rug under the your famous feet. Famous last words. Yeah, and, then, and what else <laughs> can go wrong? So they pull the rug under your feet. What happened is when you look, okay, now it's a time for everyone to kind of like say, okay, what was the biggest problem? You focus on the marketing. You didn't focus on your product. Yeah. It's less about your marketing. Your product is your biggest asset for marketing, your mm-hmm. service, right? Now, if, if you ask most people, said well, it was just so easy. I know some guys that would go in and they would launch a store really quick on Facebook. They would know how to promote it and they would just take inventory that sells in AliExpress, put it on the website, automatically have an algorithm that that's would create the shipping. That's dro- dropshipping. That's dropshipping. But they would have a system that they would do to 4 million a month and it would be instant. Meaning they would get shut down for whatever reason because they would have poor experience. They wouldn't explain how long it takes to get from China and they would get shut down. They would create create it again and right away within a, a week they would have the system running and what the system would do is they would have a couple sites that were kind of like indicators for them and those sites would have all those products that they would want to buy all the cool products and they would have all those uh, nudges on those sites and oh they're almost running out and the, the so spider you know, would they, go and they, post those right they away they
0: test they test on like these like almost it was like not
1: even th- testing it was a, a cool system that what they would say is it was like okay they have all those sites, and so okay, here's those nudges. Indicate that that's a winner product. Check what it is on AliExpress. What do they sell it for? Create a post. Post it for that price. And then create an ad. It would be instant. Just two guys not even working. They were just sitting, sitting down drinking beer. And it would always sell. And they didn't even invest in customer service because it was really autonomous, and they, wa- they had a small marginal profit. It was much, but it was so... It was systematic so they didn't have to do much and it was instantly just four million a month and it would get stuck over there they would know how to create ads and it was all working great until it doesn't right once you already have a system you get comfortable and you didn't even notice that one thing that would always keep you doing well is having the product that would win against the other product if the category has a particular size, if your time is, let's just say, a dollar in your space and you have a superior product, you're always going to be in business. Even if it shrinks, but there's still demand, you're going to be on top, right? So that is the problem. When you get so comfortable because you're a great marketer, sometimes this is your heel.
0: So then why? Okay, so this is, this is one of the topics I wanted to talk about. Uh, Ty Lopez just bought bodybuilding.com. Mm-hmm. So that's another econ play. So Lopez is going around, and this is not new, but he's been going around now buying a whole bunch of legacy brands. And he's trying to basically growth hack them that are all e-com brands. Some of them are already existing e-com brands like bodybuilding.com. Some of them are brick and mortar like Pure 21. So do you think that this is smart or stupid because of the fact that this is maybe right strategy, wrong time?
1: I think some names are amazing. Take a name like bodybuilding.com. There's so much you can do with that. Oh, and, and Radio
0: Shack too. He did Radio Shack yes. and now it's controversial too because now he's doing this um if she like squirts, click, marry her. The clickbait marketing on social media trying yeah. to go viral again and again through well, like absolutely like audacious, insane social from major yeah. brands that had really great, you know, great brands, household names. And now well, what do
1: the, what does he sell on Radio Shake? He's selling crypto.
0: He's selling a crypto yeah. exchange. Now I mean, Radio Shack, obviously. I can't, defi- I can't
1: say that that would be something. Uh, I, I don't know his play. I'm just what stock commented online. I read this, okay? The, the thing is, sometimes you have a strategy that works great in 2003, and you keep using it because it can keep work working great. And obviously, we're talking about this, so it's working. I don't know if it translates to sales, but the fact that you're talking about this, and you said, what do they sell over there now? And he said, crypto, okay, let me check it out if I'm mm-hmm. in a crypto space. It's a bit too late right now for crypto. Uh, there's gonna be a cycle, it's gonna come back, it's gonna come together. <laughs> but but I, I mean I don't I don't know if there's enough money coming into the crypto space buying right now. But there's a lot of people that are like a lot of big funds that are heavily invested in it. Wait, in, in his in no, his no 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 um, in crypto in
0: general. I mean No no
1: yeah. Well I mean the, a and aside that of could that be an argument just for
0: like that's a whole other conversation.
1: The, the thing is the thing is you're gonna win if you have a, a perfect UI that's superior and, and customer service. So best product? You need to have a better product. I want someone to fucking kill already Coinbase. If you go and you give me a a proper customer support, at least for people that come in with 100K or more, proper customer support. I was trying to change my email address on Coinbase. Ah, let me tell you something. Government government, uh, offices are 10 times better. That's that's saying something. That That is, they don't deserve... And and I look at their at their stock now, and I said to myself, you know what, the, their PE is only seven; it must be good. But I remember how awful the experience was. It's going all over social that's media. That's the definition. Eventually that's it's the definition fucking catch up with them.
0: Of, that's definition of first movers' advantage for sure. Yeah. And no one else has disrupted them, mostly because
1: no, 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 they weren't the first movers. They're just having a better UI than the, the most of the competition. I mean, they were pretty
0: early on, though.
1: They're very early. You can't. They're okay, early they so Maybe adapters, not first yes. movers,
0: but they they definitely. They definitely were not somebody like, uh, again, back to the Netflix analogy, it wasn't like a Netflix of the blockbuster. There was no blockbuster.
1: Well, there were a there were few, few out there, but the problem that the rest had, they were mostly engineers, coders, and that's how it looked like. Yeah. They had good UI people that managed the website. Behind that, horrible customer service. So at least, look, if you're... You're playing with say three hundred, four hundred dollars, maybe you're not expecting much. Maybe you do expect exactly the same like three four hundred thousand dollars. Actually I, I
0: disagree. I actually think that now the burden for customer customer service is getting higher even for low amounts because there are so many people that like offer incredible customer service. Look at Amazon. No, I
1: yeah, absolutely. I, I can get I
0: can get a refund on anything that that I don't like. I wish Amazon... For like $30. I spend $30. You get the best customer service. It's the best customer service.
1: Yeah. But in crypto, I don't know how it is. I know that also in... uh, What was it? In uh, Robinhood, at first it was really bad, but... uh, I've never used Robinhood. Yeah. I mean, it's just what I heard. But if you have someone that have a superior customer service, they're going to win. They need to have good UI because they have a decent UI. Not perfect, but they have a decent UI. Um, But I think it comes down to customer service play for them. So, my point with Ty with, with Lopez is come up with them. I think the strategy to be out there is not bad. If you go out with that strategy and say something outrageous, okay, now I know that they're selling crypto, I might check them out. But then I need to. If Do you
0: trust your money with somebody that tweets whatever they yeah, tweet?
1: Yeah, I think it's bullshit. It's fine. I think that industry is, is made out of, of youngsters. Like, that's Dude, fine. But that's not
0: a good way to build an industry. That's a way to make a joke of an industry.
1: Yeah, but but I I can tell you that that's what you might say. So but why do you need to, to be? But
0: why do you need to be? Why do you, Why can't you be viral any other way? Why do you have to be? Why do you have to piss people off? If to you be have viral? other
1: ideas, good, do it. I just don't think it's horrible. I think that if you come out and you know what I think it is, I
0: think it's lazy marketing. I think It's lazy no. marketing.
1: I don't see that. I don't, you think, don't see that. I don't, I think it's a brave marketing. I don't see that as I think as it's brave. a brave because if you if you want to create awareness you're not going to create awareness with something
0: Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash clary. That's netsuite.com slash clary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. And to start transforming your to-do list with Belay.
1: That, with Vanilla. And he didn't say something racial. No. Didn't, he didn't say anything bad. He said something that's right there, but not too much. And I think it was the fact that we're talking about this in our podcast, he won.
0: I mean, we'll see if he won. He's been no, trying the fact to display... that we're
1: talking about this, it's already a win for him on that part. True, true. That everything else from there, it's UI and customer service. If he does those, and he keeps pushing those because that's a one-time thing. You have to keep... With this. Look, a cool factor. When you chase a cool factor, a person that's gonna say it eventually is gonna have a cool factor. At first, you're gonna, eh, you're not gonna be comfortable, but eventually, it's gonna be the cool factor that's gonna. it's it's very common for young companies to go and be a little bit unorthodox and to come and do it. Unorthodox to do the is fine.
0: Unorthodox is good.
1: I think unorthodox is great. This is our unorthodox. He's not saying anything bad, but if you look at small companies, that's how you do it. Uh, those are the ones that do what corporate people would want to do, right? Uh, go, he goes I, in I
0: a, still think there's levels to this shit. I think there's levels between unorthodox marketing and saying that if she's a squirter, you keep But what her if it's Mar- a good
1: advice? If she squirts, marry her. I mean, have you been with a squirter <laughs> before? How do you know you should marry a squirter? I mean, she squirts. You know for a fact you can't fake her orgasm. There is nothing better than knowing that the girl... Doesn't lie to you and tell you, you, yeah, I you f- know you didn't, I didn't see what. What is the
0: I don't want to get my advice about who I should marry from Ty Lopez and Radio Shack. I can guarantee you that. Well,
1: I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, still like, maybe he didn't find a squatter, but but I mean, maybe he's gonna get married tomorrow, and then you know she squirts. Uh,
0: <laughs> you know what? Okay, so we're gonna keep going through this. Um, speaking of Coinbase, they got sued by the SEC, or no? Yes, they either got sued or they got investigated by the SEC for ho- for. Uh, for listing securities, air quotes securities, because crypto hasn't really had clear regulatory oversight uh, as to whether or not it's yeah. security or not.
1: Yeah, yeah that that shakes the whole industry, not just them, right? They start with why them, they have, Why in
0: 2022 have they not figured out if crypto is a security or not? I mean, um, they're dealing with Ripple at the moment. They're going through the lawsuit with Ripple, stating it's security, and they haven't come to conclusion about that. Ethereum, I think there was a lawsuit. They decided that it's not a security. Um, But the point is, like, the regulatory uncertainty screws innovation every single time.
1: What was it with um, the initial coin offering back then in 2017 or so on, right? It was raising money. They were really making a security, right? You're taking a piece of my company. But it's very similar to crowdfunding. Yes, but the thing is, when you're getting a piece of a company, it is a security. But there was no equity attached to it. Well, in some, Yes. Uh, i mean there's different iterations of yeah, what it exactly, was yeah. oh we have a gold mine over here in the 1900 they, they quit digging but in i can tell you we can do i it can again. guarantee
0: you there's a lot of motherfuckers that lie about having gold mines in wherever no but, but you're they just about do security. it they just do it legally well, well, and they just let, do it on let, some they take their company public on some shit like Scott, second tier Scott, Scott, I, I,
1: I get the point of, of this but the 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 biggest question yes. is what is a security? Okay, so if I give you a piece of my business, At, it's yeah, like I'm giving you. Or right, if I give you a piece of my gold that I potentially might, all that is considered security yes. for them, right? And they never even slapped anyone's, and there was no punishment. They just say stop it, file papers properly first. Yes. and then they came up with like, okay, you get nothing. It's basically a, a value of, of nothing. And and NFTs be you can make
0: an argument too. I mean, NFTs are unless there's true utility attached to them, right? So NFTs, like with Gary Vee, VCon, you buy an NFT, you get access to his conference.
1: Well, access to a conference uh, might be, I don't know the full definition. I think when NFT um, has the right potential, that's where it actually turns it into a security at a certain capacity, even if it's a a low level. Where I tell you, I want to launch a movie, Um, I'm going to be doing NFT, I'll sell 100,000 shares, whatever, for five. And then any... Revenue that comes from the movie, you're going to get the percentage according to your NFT, and that might trigger security, which is still okay if you just file the right paperwork. Yeah, if you're getting a one or whatever you have to file, it can be a low level, uh, so it's not going to be too bureaucratical, but you can still do it. And I think that's where it's going to head. At the, the issue end. is that nobody said yes or no. So Coinbase has IPO'd. They've IPO'd.
0: They're a public company, and they're coming after them after they've IPO'd. You can't tell me that the SEC doesn't know what Coinbase was doing it comes while they for, were it, comes two, it,
1: it can be one of two reasons. My point is not that it should be or shouldn't be a security. Why is it taking is so long? Why the fuck is it taking so long? I, I I think I would say one of two reasons. One, government is slow. Very likely there are government employees. The second one, the government can also be you know, like a troll taking your money and eventually they're going to find them and take some money from them. And that's also possible. I mean, the, the FCC is known to come in, or FTC, they're they known to come in and technically rob you legally and say, we're just going to take, we're going to fine you. And either you're going to pay more legal fees to go and fight that or else. And you cannot operate until you pay the fine. And then they, everyone settles. So and we'll put some that. If the they stand the same with Tesla, and it's, yes. just, it's, it's them. So. Okay. But don't hate us. We're good people over here and we support the government, by the way, of the United States. We love you. You want me to go to the next topic? Yeah. Well, it's li- no, actually, actually, <laughs> you know what? Before we started, before we go topic by topic, um,
0: no, 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 it's good. This is like this is. I, w- like I want
1: talking about money, so yeah. I'll tell you something before you got here.
0: Yeah.
1: I made uh, an investment in a company, and I, I'm gonna break it down into what company. And I wanted to pay in two tranches, right? My goal was to go into a company that's growing, that's making money already, that takes dividend, and that company takes dividend every month on their profits. Very cool business, by the way, and it is growing. Do you want to go in detail or no? Well, I can't tell you. I don't want to break it down into what it is, but I just. Um, so, how about how about first um, talk about
0: why you wanted to break your investment in two tranches? What's the strategy behind that? Uh,
1: that's that's my what I'm getting at. So it's um, so the the way I wanted to do it is I'll put 500k first tranche, and it and then there's a second part now. The 500, whatever, it was supposed to be a million bucks, but instead of giving, handing them over a million bucks, i will give you the first 500. See how it does for six mu- seven months. Mm-hmm. Then I'll give you the second tranche. But then the way it goes is 50% goes on the balance sheet, primary, then the other one is secondary to their pocket. So it's all cool. We did the first one. And when you look at, um, at the way the company works, my goal was to obviously invest in, into something that eventually is going to exit. They wa- They gave me very low valuation. They gave me a valuation that they gave other partners early on. It well, was really low valuation because they they said, look, you build a $500 million company and we were still at like a lower number and we want you to help us grow this thing and it's, it's really cool and we're sitting down and honestly, super smart guys. And I was excited to work with them. And then the second part for me, other than growing the business, I said, you know what? The, I, I want to make sure that when you get cash, when you sell your business, you're losing your platform and you're losing your cash cow. Mm-hmm. But you're getting a lot of cash for that. So the next thing you want to do is, you don't want to touch your principal. You want that principal to turn some profits so you can leave off of that until you open the next thing if you want to do it in the next whatever time. And you find that managing your money, yeah, it's a skill set that you have to perfect. So I, I came over there and I said, you know, I'm going to put half of my money now. And if after seven months I see everything is kosher, I can put, I mean, I know it's kosher, but if I see everything works well, then I'll put the other half. And I... You know, you have all those three years back documents, it's all good. And they did good in the beginning of the year. But as soon as they came in, poof, everything started going down <laughs> from there. Not for their fault, for many reasons, supply chain issues and everything else. But also the sales weren't there. It was just low sales. We would have made money, but they had a supply chain issue that a lot of the inventory that was supposed to come and be sold and get the cash right away. Just didn't make it yet. You should, you should bring me in. Uh, supply chain, uh, how are you going to do it? No You're going to go and carry stuff from other... No, 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 enterprise sales. So, well, <laughs> they're not big enough to get a guy like you yet, uh, to be honest with you, and you you want to go into other companies, but eventually if it's, it will grow. That would be... It, it's a company that can get to a billion dollar in sales, We're looking into competitors, and we looked into... Uh, um, the first thing I said was, show me your biggest competitor, and it showed me three or four, and they're at a billion dollar, 300 employees. And all the employees are technically salespeople. What do, you, what do you mean by technically? Without breaking it down, most when you look at their positions, when you say, okay, I want to see all the open positions. All their open positions, in a, there's like 20 of them, they're all sales-related, except one or two that's just administration. It's not a complicated org. My whole, my whole point, it's a very flat organization. We're not looking at a complex org chart that it's hard to get to that level where you have to have analysts and layers and it's just just time and and energy and effort that's it that's that's it yeah that's it but the how you get there and the rock stars to get in that's the challenge and that is something that i've I've been through in in different uh, lifetimes right so i got excited i said well that's really possible it's not overnight but it's not a hundred years from now And it's absolutely going to happen. And I've I've been through this. I can do it. I can help you with that. So I got excited. But then comes the discipline part where they said, well, at the end of the year, uh, there's going to be the second installment if you decide to do it. Can you do it earlier? And I said, no, because I'm looking at the projection at the end of the year. The cells were not there. Now, bear in mind, it's not fair to judge the end of the year five months before the end of the year because you're going to still have more cells. But so far it doesn't look very sexy. And yeah, I get the supply chain issues, but still there's not enough sales to come. If you tell me, you know what, there was a lot of so the point was that uh they wanted to go and uh they yeah. wanted the second installment to their pocket because I I get that. Everybody wants that secondary. Were they
0: like what was the working capital gonna be deployed for? Was
1: it well I mean two fifty to their pocket. Yeah. Two fifty on the balance sheet, it's not much. Relative no. really speaking, right? Yeah. But it's not much, right? But still, I mean I wanted to make sure I can put it to work somewhere else. If, if it's not, I put half and I wanted to make sure that it, so anyway, that was our discussion. And um, the thing is, there, there, you know, you really become friends re- really quick and I'm, I'm just a very friendly person. But then there's that part where you said, look, numbers don't lie. Get nothing to do with that. So I had to go and discuss and say, look, I get it. Year is not over yet. Either we just wait until the end of the year and we'll discuss, but I'll just let you know that I'm not going to go and put it. If that stays similar to that, we're not going to see the se- the second tranche or I'm willing to put the second the the um, primary meaning the 250 on the balance sheet get the percentage for it hold off on the other one that's supposed to go to your pocket, and you just tell me how long until we think we can actually lift this back up and then I'll give it to you and that was the the discussion so now it's we're gonna have a board meeting. Uh, that was your
0: discussion this afternoon?
1: Yeah, that was the How I was mean it? it was it was a pretty long discussion. That was the end of the discussion. Before that we had a bunch of other stuff.
0: Okay, so do you see any things that they could immediately do that's gonna get them to where they need to be by the end of the year?
1: That kind of business doesn't truly work this way because but so then I, I think, I think th- there so are when you say immediate it's all relative, but then there I mean, are like some things that you can do. Um, with the current resources that they have, what they the good thing for the business is if I do put the other 250, because there's a need for more sales positions, and you need to have that cash to secure their salary for the next I don't know eight months. so. but in-house
0: salespeople are very expensive to hire, train on board. If so you that, is, that is that is the them. thing, right? Yeah. And
1: then and then so one of them said, let's go with that and worry about the other 250 later, uh, and the other person really wanted the other 250. <laughs> that goes into their pocket. of course and uh, I mean, and i said i get that but i'm not i'm not i'm not doing that so it's either we just wait all the way through it's healthier for the business if i inject the first one to the yeah. business now and i'm willing to do it don't get me wrong it's just one a business is like 6 6 years old you could probably you could probably do a couple things like
0: you you could optimize their existing sales force i mean like usually sales teams out the gate for a company that's not experienced they're doing too much time on admin they're spending too much time on admin work not enough time
1: selling i doubt that they have like a full book of business and they're like yeah completely packed it's different than what day. you think whatever you think it is it's a bit different so i really don't want to break it down it's not the traditional sales for that you've ever seen it's different uh, and i, I don't want to go into specifics be, because if i don't put that if i don't explain that it, it's 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 not gonna make any sense but okay, fair. you, you <laughs> imagine this okay the one rule that always sticks though if you want to increase your sales increase your sales force. Of course, yeah. Right? And we all understand that. And in order to increase the sales force, they need that 250 so And I said, for that, works. I would give the yeah. business right now. And and that was the, the discussion. Imag- imagine, and I can totally understand the other person, like, you're about <clears throat> to get that cash. You really want that cash. Like, uh-uh, you're not getting it. You have to work harder. For it. It's like, uh, it's not ideal. But that's the discipline part that you have to do, and you have I to. I think be it's fine. I yeah. mean, like if they're if they can put
0: a roof over if they have the roof over their head, if they can put food on the all table, all good. If they're all good, yeah, they're 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 all, good.
1: All, good, yeah all good. No, it's it's not like that. No one, no business, one is struggling. Money. Build
0: the business, make the business profitable, hit the hit the things that you forecasted, and then
1: you get more money. But by, by the way, uh, Scott, yeah. the company does close to ten million a year. They're, they're not newbies. All of them are super professional. Some of the investors. And the, the, the board members, they got the private jets. They have, uh, they, they know their shit down. Pat. Like those are good, solid people, and that's why I invested in the business. Yeah, right. Some people obviously are different. Like the operational person behind this is is the brain behind the entire business. He's done this for so long. He knows all the ins and outs. No one can do it better than him. Um, he's the one that basically wanted that part because he's the one that does the job every day. Yeah, yeah. He's the one that grinds. And that's all he does. He eat, sleep, think just about that. And he really wanted that cushion. And I told him, Look, I want to give it to you. Fix the cells. I'll, I'll give you. Tell me when you think it's going to be done. But I have to have. That was a purpose why I've, I made that that second uh, tranche. It had to be this way. Otherwise, it would have been just a half a million dollar. That I, I have so many. Qu- I
0: don't want to ask you all the questions on, on camera. I have a lot of questions. Yeah. I like the immediate question is why does a business that does ten million a year Care about $250,000.
1: Oh, no, it's there is a there's, there's I, I don't complication. Break it down. I yeah. know, I know. I'm
0: saying yeah. <laughs> you can talk about this offline, yeah. it's very interesting. No, okay, let's talk about that. That's but that's I think it's a smart attitude towards investing. No, you have to have the discipline. And one thing I, I would say is and it's tough because you become close to these people too. That's probably the hardest part.
1: Well, it's not that hard, but it's just just, uh, that taste. But I will say that if I didn't have investors coming into my business doing the same thing, I wouldn't think about that probably. Or maybe I would have to hear it from somebody else. It's one thing about learning and it's another one about actually embracing and fully understanding something. It's never going to be the same. When you've seen something, when you've been in a place and you had to see it and feel it, it's not the same like reading about this. That's why... That's why I would say experience cats so much slack for people just nothing beats experience and when I when I sold Boxy and I, I got the cash, the first thing I said is I have to be literate with experience about investing and I have to have financial literacy. This is not my turf I, this is not my natural habitat. I can I can be eaten like So I'm, I'm investing nothing until I know what I'm doing yeah and that's how I, I got into it and if if I wasn't, Doing that and I would just let someone else do all the stuff for me and tell me what to do and being comfortable it would be s- similar to me hiring a marketing agency for BoxyCharm. I would get mm. nowhere but you're very I
0: think you're very similar at least I think with the same mindset like you're a self you're a self-taught individual and in everything you've done yeah you yes, probably 100 percent self-taught, yes. 100% self-taught. Yeah. So, what it doesn't matter what you're doing, you could be learning how to market something, you could be learning how to hire somebody, you could be learning how to sell a product, you could be learning about a new product, you'd be learning about how to invest. You dive into so much research that you probably know more after a certain point than people that you'd probably call up and consult, yeah, or at least you have a damn good educated opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, that's important, but I think more yeah. people need to, I think that's the attitude that actually makes like somebody very successful in their career as an entrepreneur. I think that
1: that's a certain type of personality. This is the leadership part. Look, if you ask yourself, what is a leader? What's the attributes for a leader? And everyone's going to tell you, well, they have to have charisma and a vision. And I said, I don't think charisma. I don't charisma. Think charisma. charisma counts if you actually Google that. But but then w- look, when you ask what is the ideal leader, the, and we're not just talking business wise, right? If I'm, uh, if I'm a leader right now, if I'm if I'm your commander, and we have to go and attack, some In people will follow army, them. Yeah, you'll follow them no matter what, right? But in reality, in at least business world, but not just proficiency builds up your charisma. Look, you need to be really good with what you do. If you have, say, a mechanic shop, and you run the the, you run the shop, and you have a bunch of mechanics over there, if you say, well. Let's just give me a charisma, but not the proficiency. Then, all right, what is the charisma? I don't know. I have a deep voice, just like Joe Martin over here. Really, really good. Eventually, people are going to come to me, talk to me about some mechanical problems. They're going to see that I don't really know that well, and I'm just too high up over there not looking into the details. My word is not going to count. I'm. It's going to get out the window eventually. When you have proficiency, even if you have p- bad voice, all the... They know that you know your shit so well. They come out smart every time they talk to you. They know that if there is a problem that no one else was able to solve, they'll come to you. And you'll always have the right answer because you are the expert matter in that place. No one knows it better than you. Whenever you walk into a room, they'll be quiet. You know what leads to proficiency?
0: An an incredible amount of self-awareness and the ability to lose the ego. 100%. 100%. Because when you lose the ego, you the ego.
1: Yeah, you have to lo- be full a couple of times until you learn. Absolutely. And you have
0: self awareness, you know, and you're okay with what you don't know. Yes. And when you know what you don't know, that's when you dive into it, you learn more, and then you become proficient at that. If you thing. have
1: ego, you think you'd know, and then you're not going to know. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. It takes that kind of
0: person that has the self awareness to be like, listen, I don't know this thing. I'm okay not knowing. I'm not going to bullshit that I do know it. And that's when you become successful. That's when you become proficient at that thing. That's when you have the confidence and the charisma. It's like, it's just like a, it's just, it's, yeah. a, it's you're, a very you're earn obvious respect. path.
1: It's very easy to earn respect when people feel that you give them value when you speak to them. But it's also easy to earn respect when you don't know something and you say you don't know it. If you always don't
0: know it. Well, that's not good that's either. That's not good, right?
1: Yes. So ideally.
0: But you start that, there.
1: Yeah, no, no. If they'll know, I mean, you're a human being, right? So you're, you're going to ask questions, but, but the thing is, when, when you come into a company where, and, and there are plenty of companies that the, um, the founders are assembling group of people. They're, they're doing their assembly, and because they're not proficient in, in not even one skill set, they might be just good financiers or in hiring or so on, they expect everyone else to know. But the, unless you know the space, how would you know if I'm good or not? You're hiring me in marketing, but you're not a marketer. You don't know if I'm good. I have to wait down the road and then find out I'm not. I, I was doing a poor job or get a perspective from someone else. So I sold a uh, previous, not Boxy, I sold before that another company, and I had a couple companies. So then I sold it, and I remember when I spoke to them, I said, look, i give you multiple websites. It was all SEO-driven. So you'd find online all those. And I had some domains that were uh, high searchable keywords domains, right? Like wholesale cosmetics and so on. And I, I spoke to the guy, and I said, look, let me explain to you about the SEO. And he said, you want more water?
0: No, I got, I got some for you. Oh, thank you so
1: much. <laughs> thank you. No, I'm, good. I'm, I'm good. It's time for me to drink some alcohol, actually. I've been um. drinking nothing but water. So I told him, look, uh, I'm going to explain to you a couple of things about SEO so you don't do mispec- mistakes because I gave them killer websites all over it. The phone doesn't stop ringing. I mean, when I sold that company, the phone was ringing off the hook, bunch of emails, people walking in all the time. Every, All the best search terms are there. I had all the best domains. I toys wholesaletoys.com, I had med- a bunch of those. So I had multiple websites, and imagine you would rank on a particular term, two two keywords for the first one, two keywords for the second website. It was just taking over the whole page. And that's after Google got sophisticated. It was still working. So I told him, it's very important. I'm going to explain to you a couple of things about SEO before you take over. He said, "Uh, no, talk to Mike. He knows everything about SEO. You don't want to hear about this because what happened if Mike... Well, leaves, uh, you need <laughs> to know that. That's important. <laughs> you don't get phone calls if that website goes down. You don't want to start paying. This is all free traffic. I said, no, no, Mike. Okay, fine, Mike. I go to Mike, I explain to him. Yeah, yeah, I know SEO. I know, I know. I've done this for six months already. <laughs> okay, good luck then. I go and on one day, a year or two into it. I'm, I'm searching for the domain wholesalecosmetics.com. cosmetics.com can't find it. The fuck? What
0: they did? That's after you left. That's after, after you still yeah.
1: They went and they did a 301 redirect, which means if I have a domain for the w- main website, and then I have other domains, those other domains can capture names or key terms that I couldn't capture with the main website. But those domains were. So then when you do a 301 redirect, what you tell Google is permanently move that domain into this website, the main website. What happened at that point? Google drops all those positions that wholesale cosmetics was in and he said oh i get it this is just another satellite site for the main company kill it they lost all those positions you ma- i was working so hard to register this under a different company a different everything different phone number different whatever it is you would never find it un- unless you know even the address, I didn't even put an address over there. So Google wouldn't find through an image through nothing. All this work, I, I did this. And then eventually, all you had to do is just listen. All you had to do is listen. And that drove a lot of traffic. It was, it was uh, perhaps a million and a half dollars in sales that they just lost just like that. On that one website. So yeah, talking about the ego. Talking about the ego. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want
0: to get into now? So, what do you want to get into? We have other. I stuff. I want to
1: talk about about your favorite person in the world, Elon Musk. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was actually funny. Now, I mean, this is you don't want to
0: talk about. You don't want to talk about. You well, no, ta- no.
1: Let me tell you about Elon. So, you heard about uh, I mean, it's it's kind of funny how I mean by the time people listen to this podcast, I'm sure half of you guys have seen what happened. Uh, the Wall Street Journal, without investigating anything, goes and say that he was fucking. Sergey's Birn, uh, the Sergey co-founder of Birn, yeah, the Brin, uh, co-founder of Google. of Google's wife, and he had an affair with her, not just just one night stand. No, the guy had an actual full blown affair, and they're really good friends. Elon's been in the news a lot lately. Yeah, but but they, I they, mean, they keep posting nothing but negative information about Elon Musk for so long.
0: I know, but what does positive do? Positive doesn't get attention. So There's no, yeah, issue. but There's the, an issue. With this news is cycles. not the
1: Inquirer. This is the Wall Street Journal. I've always thought. So then Elon Musk posted a picture. Can we can we upload the picture, Valentina? We're gonna upload the picture. It's gonna show up. Where he's with him <laughs> after when he sent this to the Washington uh, to the New York Post, laughing when he's with him in a party after they posted that. But obviously, it was no, it wasn't just denying it. He was showing. Look, we're here partying together. It's bullshit. What kind of a reliable news source is? The, where do, what is a good reliable news source for you today? Where do you get your information from when you say, I trust them? They oh, know that's a good question. Which one Which one is your reliable news what source? What is my reliable news source? Other I don't think I'm. I Instagram don't have one. memes and. No, I don't have one reliable news source. I, I look. You want to tell me you don't trust CNN?
0: I don't trust anybody. You know what kind of person are you? But you have to do that's the thing. I think the issue is when people only have one reliable news source. So I'll watch CNN, I'll watch Fox, I'll go on Twitter. I'll talk, I'll look at people that seem to not bullshit online okay. and I get 25 data points. How annoying is that? Right? It's extremely, yeah. I get 25 <laughs> data points. And then I try and make an educated opinion based on all these different data points.
1: Is it the same in Canada? Yeah.
0: Well, oh no, you it's have not
1: anything reliable over there.
0: So in Canada we have uh, CBC, which is government sponsored. And um, then we have it's reliable. It's not reliable. Yeah. Well, it always leans the way of the government.
1: Okay, so if you have a right-wing government, it's going to lean towards them? It's it's fully and funded those, by the government. So, so I mean, they're not gonna they, try and
0: be, they try and be nonpartisan, but they're not really. I mean, who funds them? And that's really the direction they lean.
1: So, so you you, you want to explain, so explain to me this, okay? They
0: don't have like a, like a there, there's, CNN there's or a There's a Fox. deep
1: state kind of thing where you have <laughs> one party that kind of like took over like a chess mat they count monopoly they destroy it we're going to own the media it's left wing we're going to own all those all those uh, offices in the government and it doesn't matter who runs the cover the, the, the country we own that. that's a deep state that's the media it's not the same in, in Canada once the government well, I would changes, say I would say the
0: US actually has a better listen US politics are incredibly polarized and and people are far left far right
1: mm-hmm.
0: you don't have I mean, I guess you do have some. Like, I, I think Bill Maher is like a very, very centrist, centrist. Yeah. But yeah. CNN, Fox, extremely polarizing, right? In Canada, you have maybe a center-left news outlet right now, and you don't really have anything on the right. You have oh. one fringe news organization called Rebel News, but they're not well-funded, and nobody really takes them that seriously. So there's no, there's no. If you had like, if you compared CBC in Canada, which is government-funded, to CNN. You don't you don't
1: have a right equivalent, so you basically. So do they do they report the fact that the leader of the Trudeau
0: Trudeau had so many scandals, tons of scandals. It was all underreported and swept under the rug.
1: What kind of scandals?
0: There was a scandal with oh my god I, affairs. I'm, no, like like corporate scandals with like um uh, like preferential treatment of certain corporations. Wow. Yeah, there was like big issues. There was uh, overpayment for um like <laughs> like like peers and friends for speaking engagements. Like there was a lot of sketchy stuff. There was, uh, I think there was like trips that he took that was using like government funds that he shouldn't have been taking. I'm not well versed in Trudeau scandals, but I know there's been like more than one of them. Like there was an SNC Lavalin scandal that I'm pretty sure if you look into the facts of it, there was, uh, SNC Lavalin had government contracts, and they were like unfairly awarded or something like that. I'm probably going to misquote, so like obviously data check because I don't have all my stats right. But if you actually go into it, it's like a pretty incriminating scandal. But I think most Canadians feel like a lot of the stuff that Trudeau does, he gets away with pretty easily. Interesting.
1: Did you ever had anyone in Canada say going to jail for government official? Going to jail, or Oh, I'm or sure, but I'm not into politics. I'm not into in politics. In Israel, in Israel, you had a prime minister from a left wing party, and you had a president from a right wing party, both going to jail, and they were both judged in the Supreme Court by a Muslim Arabic judge that put him in jail. But isn't
0: Bibi right now under investigation for taking? This
1: bribes? is this is this is the biggest fraud. I mean, this is what <laughs> they, they basically <laughs> taking. Why in, is that? I'll I don't. Tell know, I'll I tell like you what. him. He's been like he's him. been investigated. For the last ten years, and it's always the the only open the trial right before the election. Oh, that
0: is that is sketchy.
1: So the problem and the f- and the fact is um, the information they're going after. Um, the reason they cannot really go through trial, an actual organized trial, it's because they, they have nothing. What um, so I'm spitting someone else's words; it's not mine. Uh, a couple um, American uh, attorneys that were reading the entire. Documents against him, so there are four cases or three cases, and in each one, I- it's it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, the main one, I think, it's um, four thousand case, the one that they said, "Oh, we got him." It was where the main news guy over there, uh, his name is uh, Moses, I forgot his last name, Money Moses, and Money, he, Mo- Money Moses, yes, I think Money, no, yeah, Money Moses. Anyway, he was sitting with him in a in his office, in Bin, in Benjamin Netanyahu's office, and he told him, look, if you're going to uh, kill the newspaper Israel today, um, we're going to go and cover you positively. Bibi recorded him and told him, don't ever do it again, get out of my office. So that is what it they're actually suing him for. Um, they're saying, well, you should have um, called the police and so on. But guess what? They never went to the news guy. Really, The one that has a recording, they never went to him. They let him do all the reporting and they leaked all the information to him. So that's, that's where that's where you you kind of like using the... So the, there is an office, and I'm not... Again, I should have write you know, What is the actual term in English for that? Where you have... Uh, the Attorney General in Israel is a, dif- a separate body from the, the Israeli parliament, the Knesset. But it's a tool... For a particular party, according to what they're saying. I mean, in general, I, I, I won't, want to believe that it's true, but uh, it's, it's drawn towards the left, and for some reason, anyone that comes into the right that goes in and tries to compete with anyone on the left, just they'll find something. You want me to read? Do you want they'll me to find read the,
0: out. I was gonna read you one of the, the scandals. I was gonna read it to you for Trudeau. For Trudeau, yeah, because I looked it up. Actually, let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's see. Okay, I'm going to read this to you.
1: He got a nice haircut, though, recently. I I think that's half
0: the reason he got elected. But anyways, beginning in Uh February 2019, Trudeau faced arguably the uh, biggest political crisis of his premiership. His allegations surfaced that members of his staff had improperly pressed Jody Wilson-Raybould, who was Attorney General and Justice Minister, to take actions to halt prosecution of SNC-Lavalin, a huge Quebec-based construction and engineering company. 2015, the firm had been charged with corruption and fraud stemming from allegations that it had used bribery to win contracts from the Libyan government during the regime of Muammar al Muammar al Qaddafi. Yeah. So it was like uh, $48 million in payments they received from bribes. And then Trudeau's government, for some reason, and I'm sure if I dug into it, I could figure it out, prompted the the, the stopping of the investigation and the charges. Uh.
1: It was it was bad. It was like that's. Yeah. Well, all right. So you know what? I'm I'm sure it's all innocent. There is how how could you? But he, has a, he has a nice haircut. Look, you, it the it point is, <laughs> <laughs> the point is, media media means something. Yeah. And and if you there's a reason why we have the media, and the media was supposed to report, and that's why podcasts, and I think um, Joe Rogan has has more eyeballs on him than Fox yeah. and CNN. And I, and I heard, I think it was uh, Patrick. Um, but David? But David was saying, I mean, that's why they lost the relevancy and people are listening to podcasts so we can keep talking and amplifying something that, yeah, something that makes no sense. I mean, Pelosi is just, I mean, she's just a really good trader. I mean, her husband is a that genius. That was one of my topics. A genius. That was a genius, one of my I topics. I mean, well, we have to believe that if she said it's not true, then it's not true because she said it's not true. How?
0: I don't care. I don't care. Listen, I don't even care about her husband. My issue is actually not with her husband. Uh, There's
1: no reporting.
0: My, my Where is issue, CNN about that? No, my issue is that she invested, I think it was $5 million in the video right before
1: mm-hmm. she was pushing a bill that supported No, it the wasn't bailouts. her. It, but it was her husband. No, it was her. Too. It was definitely it was her husband. No, she invested. I'm just kidding. Of course, it's the same. They're, they're not allowed to do it. The question is why? How can Are we the only one talking about this and you don't hear about this in the mainstream why? media?
0: Do people that make laws, why are they allowed to purchase
1: stocks? They're not allowed to. Yes, they are. No, they're not allowed to. She In the United States, fi- inside trading, they just actually... They, no, they're not allowed to, and that is the question. Why is it that if you're not allowed to, there is no consequences? Nancy Bello- there is no Bello- investigation. She, at the Bem- she bought NVIDIA stock, right? No, now. no, of course, of course. This, you- is, this, is, this is wrong, absolutely. But you know I was what? sarcastic. It's, it's but funny.
0: It's not even insider trading because she's the one making the law. Well, it's, it's she, yeah, it's insider trading based on what she's going to absolutely. do Absolutely, But it's the question insane.
1: is, why isn't that being at the bare minimum investigated and discussed in anywhere else outside of the internet? The world would be better. The world would be better with term limits
0: and stopping members of government from purchasing stock. Those would be two great improvements
1: to that, the world. That is still not allowed. It's just that if you own the media, if the media support your side. She exercised call options for as much as $5 million in shares of
0: software companies computer chip company, NVIDIA. So call options allows her to buy, if she bought call options. And, and, and so, by the way, so did her husband, Paul. Yeah, he, well, he got off of a
1: DUI recently. Too. So here's here's the thing, like the fact that they, th- no one does anything, this is how it starts, right? It starts with blind eye, allow them to rob you. The, this is her robbing innocent people. That's what she's doing. She's buying contracts f- from people, telling them, "You, I'm gonna buy from you the contract which I'm going to be ob- having the right to obligate you to sell me your stack for yes. a very low price within that time frame. They have no idea that she knows what they don't know. That is where she needs to lose that unfair advantage. No one talks about this. This is absolutely illegal. This is jail time. Martha Stewart was going for nothing like that. Nothing like that. But it was to. like a couple hundred thousand. Yeah, and it was it was it's still considered a slap in a wrist, but still, this... Is an outrageous the fact that we're talking about this and she's not being investigated, arrested, yeah, revoked just for that. And it's not the first time, not the second time. Anyway. That was my life is
0: thing. good. That was my other topic. That was my topic. And I was laughing because when you were saying before, oh, we love the government, we don't want to talk about negative things with the government.
1: No, no, we love the government
0: and we love you guys. So two things that we love the SEC and Nancy Pelosi. We absolutely love them. Okay, let's go on to the next topic. <laughs> The next one? Yes. Elon Musk's shirtless picture. Second time we brought up Elon (laughs) Musk. (laughs) Okay, so this is something that I think is interesting because Jeff Bezos looks jacked in all of his pictures now. I would have assumed that if I was super rich, ultra high net worth individual, the one thing that would be important to me would be my health because I would want to be 200 years old. I would want to get to that mark. I feel like...
1: You won't be 200 years old? Why not? Listen, I mean... If I was worth... People I, can call you crazy, but eventually you're going to do it and you're going to be 150 looking like 50, and who knows, I mean... But my point is, my point is, why wouldn't you take better better, care of yourself? Well, the, the biggest mistake is people asking what is the routine or the daily routine of uh, successful people, and they think that because you're successful, you have some magic routine. Which I don't think there is. No, there is not. There's no. I mean, I I I did, I did, uh, I did on my Instagram about making the bed, but (laughs) this is not what made me where I am today. (laughs) This is like making my bed is not the reason. This is just me. By the end of the day, I'm just good in what I do, and I I can. Like, why is LeBron James such a good basketball player? Not because he's making his bed or he's. I would actually argue that most people that are highly successful don't have a work-life
0: balance, and I feel like it's actually an incredible ability to remove the tasks that you do in the day. That you only focus on the most important, most most mission critical tasks.
1: And I don't think anyone's going to argue with you. Anyone that knows, but it's I, I'm saying true. that most yeah. people
0: that are highly successful, they aren't good at doing that. They aren't good at eliminating. You're Good on
1: couple things, and the rest you might suck ass. Hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, we don't have to stick on Elon Musk's picture. Everybody's seen it. We spoke about low trust in the news.
1: Let's uh, let's do this. Let's um. When you um, I don't want to go. I don't want to go into this one. <laughs> I could skip that. One. What was that? Show me. What was it? <laughs> you have to tell me. It was Fauci's retirement. What's that? Fauci's retirement. Like, I don't I don't have anything, don't anything, have like, anything I mean to say yeah, about that. I mean, four hundred thousand a year is not a lot of money. After hundred years in the government, working for the government, I have nothing to say. Like, about I think. That. I think. Yeah. I don't care about that. This Fauci. is interesting.
0: This is a, this is another topic. Um, Howard Schultz is is thinking about shutting down Starbucks in certain areas.
1: Where, a, where were you all those years when you were promoting, working around the, the woke mentality people and just... He 16 was store the one, closures Starbucks in Starbucks was the cities. first one. Starbucks Star, Star was the company that says any homeless can stay here and do Let it me read out one. what's
0: happening. Let me read out what's happening so we know. So this was in leaked footage. Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz said more stores would close. Uh, he said that 16 store closures would happen in major cities, citing safety issues. Um, and then union organizers are saying that the closures are a retaliation for organizing. But mm. I mean, it's like a he said, she said. How at many this stores point. he said are gonna close? Sixteen locations across Los Angeles, Seattle, and Portland, Oregon.
1: It's not too many, and I think it is a good retaliation against the unionization movement, like a cancer that goes around and makes everything more difficult. <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get eight on. For hating well, on like, unions. I, honestly, I came from a country where we had that before, and we saw what it did to us. Like, it's not... Unions? It's not, unions? Yes, of course. In I world, mean, unions world.
0: used to be very like prevalent. I actually don't know the, the history of, of why unions stopped becoming such a thing. I mean, I came from a company, like my first company I worked at, it was Bell, Bell Canada. We Most of us was unionized. And then, I think to a certain point, then hires after a certain point were no longer unionized. So, I mean, they've just kind of been a thing in certain size organizations. I don't know.
1: Look, my experience with unions is that you're not necessarily being taken care of. It's taken care of for the people on top. Uh, It's borderline from corruption to a mafia type business um, where you're an employee, but your actual rights are secondary to what is higher up in hierarchy. People think that it's a good thing, but it's not. It's just to lure you in. And then they run the company and then they drive it to the ground. It's kind of like a termites. It, it really, The main problem is that it, it really held competition and, and it, it's, it's a problem. If you have a union running in your organization, I'll beat you tomorrow. Uh, let me know where all the Starbucks coffee places. I'm going to go and open my store because I'm going to beat them just because they're unionized. It really? is so, soda- of course. I'll kill you. I actually don't like think this. that's the reason why you're shutting down the stores. No, I'm, I think I think Starbucks has some issues. Look, Starbucks, uh, declared I mean, last the, quarter, last d- quarter, Starbucks uh, declared oh, a quarter ago, I think, that they're not going to buy any more of their shares. They, they have to report how many shares they might buy during. They said we're stopping to buy any shares back. So we're not going to buy our own shares. So their stock dropped because of that. I don't remember the exact yeah, number These are very specific cities. That they're shutting their well, that specific cities are exactly what he's saying. It's it's uh, kind of like uh, lawless areas, right? I mean, it, I mean it's the over
0: the past two and a half years, I- if you think about the reports of violence of robberies in Los Angeles, in Oregon, in Portland, in Seattle, those were the cities that kept coming up again and again and again. The cities that were becoming and they, less they, tough on crime. They became like yeah, they
1: became tough. Yeah, look, uh, going going to Starbucks, they were the first one to say, if you're homeless, you can stay in Starbucks. And it became a little bit, for some places, it became more uncomfortable. So I can assume that those places that allow homeless people to just go anywhere they want. I mean, the thing is, when you're homeless in in Florida, you cannot sit on the sidewalk and just open your tent and stay there. It's against the law because it's public property. You can't be there. There's a designated area where they allow you to do it, but you can't just do it anywhere. In California, uh, they can technically go and put it by your house, and they can just put... uh, as long as it's a public property, they can do it. So if you have a business, they can just—I can go put my tent and just be there. I'm not even
0: worried about business. I'm worried about my house, my kids. That's what I'm worried about.
1: Well, the point is, all homeless started moving over there for that reason. There's just a lot more homeless people over there compared to other places because you—it's it's, it's friendly. free, it's very friendly, friendly right? Now they—they they came, the the they came up with the law. They, a law. Homelessness not always equated to crime couple, either. A couple though. years ago, they came up with the law that says if you are—and uh, I agree with you. It's not, but they said, well, if you're homeless, you can come into Starbucks and get water or tea for free. So they would come. So imagine, maybe in Florida, it's no big deal, but imagine when you're in LA, they'll sit, all your seats are taken by homeless people. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I haven't seen it, I I can only assume. So maybe that's one of the reasons, like, okay, it was a mistake, we did this before, We, we didn't know it can be like this. Everything, by the way, in California happened where, it happened because of one ruling, where... A judge uh, had a verdict where a restaurant owner wanted to, or I think it was a restaurant owner, wanted to move a homeless. He pushed the homeless. The homeless sued him, and, that's and then what, the that's judge it said, created. "Yeah, you cannot move him. Public property. You can do whatever you want." And because of that ruling, across California, that's what you see. Very interesting. Yeah,
0: I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show, and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs for business owners because there's one thing that we all know.